You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real-life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in-episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantelle, an educator-turned-web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, we'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all-over-the-place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. We are winding down May, and this episode is your monthly insight into what's feeling aligned at Clear Quartz Creative, what is no longer aligned, and the most meaningful actions that I took in May. Thanks for listening to these alignment reports. They're consistently the highest listened to on the show, and I love making them. You listening to them gives me the push that I need to actually make the content on time. These alignment reports are a great example of the repetitive content that I'm always talking about and suggesting you implement, which is to find something that you can build a library of over time that people love and to keep doing that. With that, let's get into May alignment. The first thing I want to talk about is I am winding down work with a longtime client. I've been working for about a year with a friend, client, client friend, and it's been amazing. This contract really supported me through a low point in my business where I was struggling with a lot of debt and it absolutely carried me through. I am very grateful to have been hired on uh, on a contract basis. And I'm also grateful to be moving on now because it just feels like the right time for me to have more time to grow my other offerings. With this, I'm taking the occasion to look at my week to decide how I want to continue my scheduling as a result of this change. When I worked with this client, I used to devote Mondays to all of the client work for this contract. And now that I won't have that anymore, I'm able to make some shifts. So I'm trying to be intentional with that. And I'm toying with moving my call availability, which used to be all day Tuesday, Wednesday, over to all day Thursday, Friday. And the reason being, I tend to have productive Mondays, medium productive Tuesday, Wednesdays in between calls, and then lower energy Thursday, Friday. But as I explained to an action call client yesterday, if I front load the work instead, if I give myself three days of solo work in a row Monday through Wednesday, it probably suits my energy best. And then I can schedule my calls later in the week. On my own, I can only summon up so much energy, but I always have energy for client calls. Even if I'm tired beforehand, once they begin, whatever energy I need is right there waiting for me. And I think that's because action calls are super energizing. Part of it is that I don't typically know what it is that we're working on ahead of time. This gives the calls an element of surprise keeps me on my toes, a little bit of like a game show like kind of challenge. The call starts, my clients tell me what the top priority is, and I start opening tabs and we flow right into the task. The goal is always to get as much done as possible in each 60 minute action call. Yesterday, this looked like me designing a promo card and writing three email scripts in an hour. The call before that was explaining Pinterest SEO and coaching on Canva design and shortcuts. Because I love working at that fast pace, it's good for my brain, I do that best with collaborative work. So putting my calls at the end of the week doesn't mean that I am giving lower energy to my clients. In fact, it's the opposite. Because I can summon that energy for client work kind of on demand, putting it later in the week just makes more sense. And then I get to reserve the start of my week for tasks like podcast prep, recording, email writing for myself, writing facet, marketing facet, and things like inbox zero. 
And then Thursdays and Fridays are going to be lighter days with a few action call clients and some other work squeezed in between. I haven't changed up my availability in years, so this feels like a really fun and needed reset. Related to this item, also in alignment was sitting down to rewrite my goals after closing my VIP. I mentioned last month in the alignment report that I decided to change my goals midway through the year, which tends to happen. Instead of trying to book six VIP sessions with clients this year in 2023, I decided to close the VIP program entirely and focus my efforts instead on both of my subscription products, which are Facet and Action Calls. When I remove the goal of six VIP clients, I'm also removing a huge line item from my intended revenue. And this, of course, is my least favorite part about pivoting. Well, my most favorite parts of pivoting are that I get to release the thing that I'm no longer excited about. But my least favorite is that I need to make up that money somewhere because that's how life works. And so as much as I enjoy the feeling of releasing an offer, taking the pressure off of myself to sell that offer when it doesn't feel aligned anymore, there's also the reality of, hey, I have to do something else to make up that cash. I find this isn't talked about as much, so I just wanted to shed some light on my thought process behind that in today's episode. My very real tendency is to just strike it off the year's plan and not make another plan for replacing that income and then being disappointed at the end of the year when the income isn't where I wanted it to be. I'm working on dismantling that, that, that kind of in attention to the aspects that are less fun for me in entrepreneurship. I want to turtle. I want to turtle so bad, but I have to instead focus and be intentional even on the parts of my business that I don't feel as as good at. My thought process is to replace VIP with increases in sales in my two subscriptions, which are a much smaller cost value. So that's, that's a challenge. There's a challenge that lies right in there. Facet is a $300 Canadian investment for a year. So the math on that is I would need like 80 subscribers to reach the same amount that the VIP, six VIP clients would have brought me. So I'm putting that out into the universe. I would love for that to happen. However, it is Facet's first year, and I would say that that kind of widespread adoption of it is not so realistic at this point in time, but it is a definite possibility, and I would love for that to happen. I just want to go on the record with the universe saying that. And the other thing I'm replacing VIP with is more action call subscriptions. Those are the ones where I meet with clients twice a month for two 60 minute action calls. Those range from 220 Canadian a month for clients who've already done a large scale web or brand design project with me or VIP in the past. They also range up to 450 Canadian per month. Again, at these numbers, the amount of clients that I would have to have is very high. And at the risk of being a bit confusing with moving my whole business model over to two types of subscriptions, one, the quarterly print issue that is Facet, and the other, a subscription of one-to-one calls with me. I also have a few ideas for longer term in Facet's future that I want to spend time developing. So I would love to have Facet be on a required reading list at like a college for a business admin course. I would love to teach workshops on Facet to groups like the Association of Registered Massage Therapists or something like that, the Canadian College of Osteopaths or that kind of thing, whether that's at conferences or on virtual workshops or continuing education. And then I'd also like to create subscriber-only retreats for Facet subscribers, where we meet once a year in a beautiful location somewhere and we get to dive really deep into strategy and connection and community. So that's it. That was the most exciting part of May was making those changes, thinking about the longer term goals for Facet. Now we're at the part of the episode where we're going to flip towards talking about what felt less aligned. I have to admit to you, I have still been waffling on web design and I keep telling you that I'm quitting web design. 
It's like the oldest news ever. Right now, you're probably thinking, okay, she's shared this in like six other alignment reports and accurate. If ever you wanted a look at what it's like to be a 1-3 manifesting generator, this is it. I will say I'm done with web design. My sacral urge to do it is all gone. Passion is over. And then the line three comes in like, but what if we tried it this way? Would we like it again then? It's basically been a green eggs and ham story over here with web design. Would you, could you with a fox? No. But it's so hard to let go of a stream of business that brought in 80% of my revenue for five years. So hard. But it's necessary for me, even though it's inconvenient. So here's the update. Years ago, I had an apprentice and she did web design with me. We worked really well together. We kept working together over the years. So when I closed my web design books in 2022, it was just a natural offshoot to send all of my projects her way. I'd get a really small cut. She would handle everything. Boom. Done. But then it got kind of clunky to have me getting an email from someone who was being referred to me only to have me immediately refer them to someone else. And so we tinkered with the process. We brought me back into the sales call, invoice, contract, project management side of things. And we booked two clients this way. And we just started one of those projects last Thursday. And of course, like this is typical. I could have guessed this. I hate everything about it. Every time an email comes in, it feels super intrusive to my day. It's like my mind is screaming at me. You promised we were done with this and you didn't keep your word. And now we have to feel this way. It is not ideal. I had to text my brand partner and say, hey, after these two projects, we've got to go back to the old way. I need to not be involved at all. And I promise I won't go back on my decision this time. And bless her heart. She was very, very kind to me. Even though I feel like I wasted a bunch of her time in making decisions about how we would share these projects, the reality for me, a part that I really dislike about entrepreneurship, or maybe just specifically about being a manifesting generator who's also a 1-3 in entrepreneurship, is that I cannot make myself do things that I don't want to do for long, even if they continue to make money. And that's the tough part. The lesson I want to share, the lesson I'm trying to take in for myself here is that it's okay to try again, but it's also okay to quit something more than once. So if there's something like that going on in your business, be honest with yourself and honor what you need. Another non-alignment in May was my growing awareness of the potential for over-reliance on ChatGPT or any AI tool. I experimented with AI mostly for research a couple months ago, and I've used it on and off since then for a few different aspects of my business, specifically things like finding statistics, a little bit of market research, drafting difficult emails, asking it to generate me some lists of examples. But in May, I caught myself using it to help me write part of Facet, and that gave me a little bit of a wake-up call. We humans, we have such a tendency to look for the easy road. Conserve energy so we can fight that line if it comes up blah, blah, blah from the evolutionary perspective. But I don't want to do that. I write and design Facet for you because I love ideating and creating and drafting and revising and sharing my insights in words. So why would I let a bot take that part away from me? I'm so glad that I had the awareness to notice what I was doing, notice that it wasn't aligned. And in that pause, remind myself that I do this for a reason. I do it for me. I do it for you. I have no desire to lose my ability to deliver meaningful messages through words. And if I overuse AI, if any of us overuse AI, we run the real risk of forgetting how to communicate ourselves and frankly, allowing our brains to turn to mush. 
one of my biz friends and fastest subscribers, Hattie, she runs a membership that teaches business owners how to work with AI. Check it out. I'm going to put it in the show notes. When this happened, I messaged her about this breakthrough I had and she totally agreed. We talked about which parts of our businesses that we're choosing to keep AI free on purpose. And we just, we just had a really great discussion about that. And afterwards, I finally realized the parallel that had been on the tip of my tongue the whole time. So I'm going to share it here. Remember watching Wally the Pixar movie, when they're up on the ship and they're drinking from their cups and they're sitting in their chairs and you watch them in the movie growing more apathetic and more lethargic over time. I don't want that to happen to you and I and our brains. Those are my current thoughts on AI, like to use it sparingly so that we aren't outsourcing the thinking that brings us to be these these brilliant business owners that we are. I'd love to continue this conversation with you. Message me something that you are keeping AI free in your business. Let's talk about it over on Instagram DMs. I'm at Clear Quartz Creative on Insta. All right, over to most meaningful parts of May. I had a moment this week when I realized, hey, I'm having a really good day. Why is that? I always want to be reflective and I enjoy thought exercises of listing what's feeling aligned and what isn't. So I took that moment and I thought about it. And on the first layer of realizations about what it was about the day that made it so enjoyable. Okay, number one, I'm working in my semi-outdoor office studio in the gazebo, which of course I can't create for seven months out of the year where I live, but I could create that with some work remote travel in the future just to help me avoid the long winter months of having to work inside. That one's a bit of a given. That's like a very surface level observation that I have about myself. Another thing I identified though is that my happiest days in May were low to no email days. So like less interruptions. Inbox zero is always my dream. And I'm close because at this point, I really don't get a lot of email coming in because I have so many boundaries set up around my inbox. I should consider removing some of my own access to email throughout the day, even though I don't have notifications on because I live a totally notifications free lifestyle. Aside from the number badge on my actual iPhone messages app, I do usually keep the Gmail tab open on my laptop. It's the leftmost tab. I keep that open throughout the day. And even though nothing is dinging at me. There's no notification when a new email pops in. I have the unfortunate habit of switching back to that tab every five to 15 minutes to see if there's anything new. And of course, I'm destroying my own productivity by doing this. I know it's a bad habit. I'm working on it. But this was a good reminder that the days when I feel at my best are the days when I have less constant interruptions, even if it's myself interrupting myself in my inbox. And the last component of best days in May is that I need to have long stretches of focused work time. So somewhat related to that, too many appointments, too many calls or obligations spread out throughout my day really affects my vibe. So I'm planning to try those schedule tweaks that I talked about at the beginning and just see how that improves. Another meaningful action is that I designed 58 pages of the new issue of Facet this month. Very excited for that issue to go on sale at the beginning of July. You're going to hear podcast content shift over to the new topic throughout this month of June. But I will tell you what the topic of the next issue is right now on the alignment report. Issue number three that is coming out in the beginning of July is practical platform choices. This is a direct suggestion from a member of the focus group who said, as a newer business owner, I'm not really sure what platforms I should be on. I'm not really understanding what platforms my ideal client is actually spending time on. It seems super creepy and awkward to just ask. And I wish there was a way for me to just see at a glance what each platform is best at, why I would do one or another over something else. And so I took that idea and I ran with it and I wrote a whole issue about it. What the issue is going to 
do is help you like understand platforms. It's going to help you actually choose the platforms that you need to be on. It'll teach you how to assess how those platforms are going and reflect on them and to do all of this with intention. That's what's coming up on Facet. Very excited for that new issue to launch. And on to the last meaningful action that I'm going to share today. This one's from my personal life. It's the concept of birthday mirrors. In the last two months, we've gone through everyone's birthday, all three of my stepkids. We have this tradition that I started a few years ago called birthday mirrors. I didn't come up with the idea myself. Full credit goes to my friend and client Felicia of Rise and Shine Yoga. She told me years ago, before I even had stepkids, about the tradition that she has for her kids. On the morning of their birthday, they wake up to a series of affirmations and special notes from each of their other family members on their mirror, written in dry erase markers and post-its. When she told me about it, the intention behind it made me cry right there in the middle of a quote-unquote sales call in a Starbucks. My inner child was absolutely overcome in that moment. Needless to say, I loved the idea. I thought it was so special and affirming. And so once I met Jeff and I became a part of my stepkids' lives, I suggested that we start this tradition. It's a bit like Spotify wrapped, except for each individual's year in the life, just how they contribute to our family and how they've grown over the past year. It's also a really good time for us as their grown-ups to reflect on how how they are evolving as individuals and share in some of our most favorite memories together. The way that we do it is a mix of compliments and statements written in dry erase marker and whole rainbow on their bathroom mirror. I leave a little bit of space in the design like a sort of arch or circle depending on the mirror shape uh, and that's for their face to fit in. That's fun too because every year you're trying to figure out okay they've gotten taller where does the circle have to go for them to be standing in front of the mirror and actually have their face in the center and then surrounded by that is this colorful display of all of their milestones and exciting moments from the past year or so. The birthday mirrors are just one of the ways that we show up for them. We show them that we see them, we hear them. It's a way to honor them also and to help them notice the role that they play, the contribution that they make to our family as a whole. It's also, it's important for me to help teach them the power of self-reflection. It's obviously reflection's my thing as you can hear from the show. I like the idea of modeling healthy self-esteem for them and the power of looking back to help you look forward. If we don't have these pause points, we all have a tendency of just letting one year blur into the next. What year was it that, that this happened or we did this? Oh, I don't know. So we try to incorporate those ideas into this tradition. We take pictures as well on the day of with them standing in front of the mirror, which makes it a bit like, like a first day of school kind of picture. And it helps us note the passage of time in a meaningful way. This year, after we finished all three mirrors, I was thinking about how we note the passage of time in general and how we do that in our businesses and also how we celebrate client milestones. Of course, it would be weird if we showed up with a rainbow of dry erase markers on the morning of their birthday, but like work with me here. How can we apply that concept to the client experience as a whole? Part of why Spotify wrapped is so popular is because it's individual. It's special. No two are the same year after year. And the same can be said for your client starting to work with you. It's their individual and unique journey over whatever period of time that you're working together. The example that comes to mind here is a physiotherapist, an athletic therapist. You see your clients maybe like... I don't know, most insurance providers cover something like eight sessions. Say that you've seen a client eight times in one year. What has their journey been like in that range of the year? What have some of their accomplishments been? What are some of their milestones? What could you celebrate? I'll leave you with that thought this month and the reminder to look for the moments. My wise client Amanda says in her book, in moments, we discover a life. 
Her book is linked in the show notes if you want a new inspiring read. Now that you've heard mine, take a moment to reflect on the month of May for you personally and in your business. What moments stood out for you as feeling aligned, which felt less aligned, and what were your most meaningful actions? Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are.